For those of you that have your, your Bibles with you, I would that you would turn in your Bibles to the Acts of the Apostles, the ninth chapter, and those first 16 verses. And I would to God that you would read the eighth chapter in, in your spare time as well. In the ninth chapter of the book of Acts, beginning at that first verse, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it should be told thee what you must, thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul rose up from the earth. When his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord in a vision said, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul, of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. You see it there? And hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. 
And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I, for I, will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. That's enough. And for a few moments this morning, I want to talk to us and those who are on live stream. Saved to serve. Saved to serve. And just so you will know, suffering is a part of serving. You may not recall when you became aware of God or when you were saved or baptized, you may not have had as Saul of Damascus Road experience. Or maybe your parents taught you of the love of God, or perhaps his spirit spoke to your heart. You may not sense or even see that you've been changed. In fact, others often see the change in you before you see it in yourself. But however you became aware of God's love for you, it's your story to tell. Saul, who had taken great pleasure in the stoning death of Stephen. You can read that in Acts 8. Was now going everywhere to destroy any who called on the name of Jesus. This passage says Saul was breathing out threatenings. But I, I see Saul as not only breathing out, but he was breathing in such blind and bitter hatred for Christ and any who were followers of Christ and even had arrest warrants intent on imprisoning and killing them all. It was in his heart. And Proverbs 4 and 23 says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. 
Here in this passage, Saul is on a search and destroy mission. Any of this way. And Jesus did say he was the way, the truth, and the life. But little did Saul know, Jesus was on a search and rescue mission. Jesus knew his name. He knew all he had done. And for all he had done to do away with the people of God and this gospel, little did he know what suffering lay ahead for him. Christians and Christianity is not only a way of believing in, but a way of living for Christ. And you ain't really lived life until you begin living, not just for the weekend, but until you have begun living for Christ and Christ alone. Saul thought he was doing God a favor, killing and imprisoning God's people, and even had the nerve to think God didn't see him. Proverbs 15 and 3 tells us the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the good and the evil. Oh, yeah, uh, in case you didn't know it, the God that we serve has night vision. And so if there are any here that you think that you're doing God a favor by just showing up, and you feel that God should be glad that you're here. Macedonia, a wise man once told us all, contrary to what you and I think, the church ain't God's resting home. And you need to understand that if you've been saved, God has a work for you to do. Oh, yeah, I, I too, after, after being here for a few weeks, had thought to myself and even said it to others uh, that, that Macedonia was doing very well without me when I got here. So, 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 so I can just sit back and chill out. But someone I love said to me, you think that the Lord is going to give you a gift and let you sit down? And me knowing that God knows our every thought are far off, I just imagine God just laughed. He laughed at, at me. And in essence, I imagine he just told me, oh, you think so? 
You think you're going to sit down? Yeah, right. We, we all have those in our family. Or some that may be here even this morning. And maybe you're not saved. Or maybe you're saved and, and you're, you're content with just being a member. Wherever you are and however well off you may be, Right now, regardless of what you may even be struggling with in your life, there are a few things like Saul that we all need to get in our spirit about God. I need to tell you that the first thing is nobody is beyond the saving grace of God. I, I, I told you once, and, and don't mind telling you again, not out of pride, but, but out of foolishness. I sure enough was a rascal. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, 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 you, yeah. I know all, all of you here have always been saved. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you've been or what, or what you've done or, or where you are right now. Your life has a purpose in the plan of God. <clears throat> Jeremiah 29:11 says, "For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end." Well, God expects for you and I to live for him. And we expect to one day hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the second thing that we need to know about God is that conversion and commission go hand in hand. We are saved for God's purpose. Saved not to sit on a pew and chew and that's all that you do. But every one of us have been saved to serve and make no mistake about it. God gets glory from our lives, when we spend our lives living and loving and trying to help O-T-H-E-R-S, that's others. Too many Christians who are followers of Christ got their heart and mindset on me, Joel's four and no more. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. But as for me, I act like I act because he's done what he's done for James O'Rea. And he didn't do it just for me. 
But he did it for us all. He did for us what we could never, ever do for ourselves. And to add to that, we can never, ever repay him for what he's done. And what he's even doing right now. And for all that he will do for us's. I said us's. You won't find that in the dictionary. That's James O'Rear. Us's. And third, a relationship with God is a long-term commitment. And it depends on our obedience to his will. Now, God knows when we are living outside of his will. And as a loving and merciful parent, as he is toward us all, you need to know that God will allow you and I to go one step and not a step further. God is talking to this tone deaf world, and he's given America out of all the nations that he has blessed. He's blessed this nation we live in, above all. And he's given America over 200 years to stop the killing, to stop the hatred, to stop the bloodshed, to stop mistreating those that are downtrodden. Because he created you and me if we're going to serve him, you got to help others. And it doesn't matter whether they love you or not. It doesn't matter if they ever say thank you. The God in you and I says lift them up. We spend enough time tearing one another down. It's time that we build up. Live out what he's created us to be, his servants. In Greek, it's pronounced doulos. I didn't say do less. It's pronounced doulos. It means that I have one master, I'm a slave, and I'm his servant, and I got no rights. What are you complaining about? When he supplied to all of us, everything that we need, and even giving us some of the desires of our heart. Why are you sitting on a pew and saying, I ain't going to do a word that you say? He may not knock you down as he did Saul, but rest assured, God knows how to get our attention. Hard-hearted and, and hard-headed and all. He'll close doors that you can't open. And he'll remove whatever 
is causing you to stray from his presence and disobeying his divine will. But whatever he does for you and me, he will never, ever, ever leave you and I alone. Saul in this passage, after being knocked down, when he could have been knocked out, was told to arise, to get up and go into the city. And you will be told what to do. And the thing I love about it, he got up, he obeyed. And, 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 and even though he couldn't see, he was led by those other men that were with him that remained speechless. And he was without his sight. The record says three days. Can you imagine being blind for three days? How about three minutes? Or permanently blind? In Jeremiah 5 and 25, he says, there is none so blind as he who just refuses to see. My, my, how the tables have turned. Saul, the chief persecutor, who was used to risking the lives of others, is now about to become the chief proclaimer called to surrender his own life to Christ. Saul, who was hell-bent on destroying others, having the rest warrants in his hand, while on his way to arrest them, he was arrested by a light brighter than the S-U-N light of the Lord. You do know Jesus is the light of the world, don't you? Now open your spiritual eyes with me and see the Lord speaking not only to Saul, but he's speaking to Ananias, who is nobody special. He's just a devoted disciple, follower of Christ. And like others from Jerusalem, he's been on the run. And he's on the run because of what Saul has done and is continuing to do. And here you, I see him as, as the Lord speaking to Saul. He's also spoken to Ananias in a vision. At the same time, he's, he's once given a vision to Saul. And Ananias, Although he felt unworthy and he feared what Paul had done and had come to Damascus to do. He was a disciple who was tuned in to listen to and obey the voice of God. Did you hear me? He was tuned in to, to listen to, 
and obey the voice of God. That's a combination. If you're going to listen to the God that we serve, you ought to learn to obey him. Oh, I, I, I thank God that we're not required to understand all and what he says and, and, and all of what he does, but, but that he waits patiently on us to completely surrender to his will. In fact, he's given us the Holy Spirit to guide and to teach us just how he desires for us to live and to please him. I don't know much, but I do know that he saved you and me. Ephesus. And he saved us to serve him by serving others and yes he knows that some of us are hard cases I know I was some years ago I was teaching a class on love from John the 15th 13th chapter to the down to the 34th 35th verse and one lady in the class said reverend I heard what you said, but you know some people are just hard to love. I looked at her and I smiled and I said, yeah, you're right. Some of us are hard to love. Ask God if you were hard to love. I say, but what I want you to do is I want you to read that verse again. That 34th, 35th verse. But this time, slow down and read it slowly. And see for yourself that it's a command to you and I. It's not a choice. So only thing I can say to you as I said to that lady, Lord, the hell out of them anyway. You don't have a choice in the matter. Macedonia, rest assured, everyone that you try to help or try to love ain't going to love you. But understand, God never said that love is reciprocal. But you need to trust him for the results. The God we serve knows how to make a man. And since he made man, you got to know he knows how to break a man. And if he can break a man, he knows how to make you all over again. The problem with some of us, we've been saved, but we ain't been broken. And I don't mean financially broken. We haven't been broken in our spirit enough to say, God, for you I live. As I close, maybe, maybe your life is jacked up. Maybe it's tore up from the floor. 
Maybe you've been mistreated and lied on and you're near your wit's end. But if you're here today, wherever you may be, if you're living on the edge, before you say no to God, why don't you try counting his yeses to you? Maybe, maybe you've been tossing and turning, and you can't go to sleep at night. Well, have you ever thought just maybe God is trying to tell you that we need to talk now that you got the time? So often we ask the master to do this or to do that for us. And praise God, he, he, he always answers. Often yes, sometimes he'll say no, and sometimes he'll say wait. But have you ever asked the Lord, Lord, what will you have me to do? That's personal. And he will never ever tell you just sit back on a pew and chew and that's all that you do. If it wasn't for the few doers that God got, the watchers wouldn't have nothing to watch. Over 2,000 years ago, God looked down from on high. And he saw the sin and the bloodshed and of his prophets and people and all the evil of man in the world. Much like it is today. So much hatred. So much needless bloodshed and killing. As if they have created life and they haven't created nothing but a mess. It doesn't matter if you're in Washington, if you're in Lansing, or if you're in Detroit. You are obligated to help others. So he decided to come down himself and redeemed man. I don't have to tell you the story. You know the story. You've heard it year in and year out. Month in and month out. Day in and day out. Oh man. Amen. You've heard how it's the same old story that he came down through 40 and two generations. Healing the sick. Giving sight to the blind. Raising the dead. And I got news for you, Macedonia. He's still healing the sick. He's still giving sight to the blind. And he's still raising the dead. A lot of folks that we see every day, they're walking around breathing, but they're spiritually dead. And he told you and I, because he said you and I, that we need to go out and get them. Go out and help those who are lost and on their way to hell. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
he stayed dead all night Friday. All day Saturday. And all Saturday night. And just like today, this world was reeling and rocking. Saying we got rid of this old imposter at yet. That ain't the end of this story. Because the book tells me that early, early, I said early, early, Sunday morning, he got up, stepped out on resurrection ground, said, I am he who once was dead. You didn't kill me once. I'm not going to die again. I'm alive forevermore. And because he lives, James O'Rear is going to save him till I die. How about you? It's time to get off a pew and chew. And that's all that you do. Ask the master what he would have you to do because you've been saved I said you've been saved you've been saved you've been saved to serve the Lord serve him with gladness enter into his courts with praise oh praise his holy name amen please stand to your feet